Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and may I be one of the first to wish you a very happy new year. And that's my heart's desire is for all of you who listen to this program regularly. We want you to have a great year. We want you to have a good life. And we hope that we can get you off to a great start here today. We're going to cover three keys to a great year. A key is an interesting dynamic. You know, we all have keys. They open doors for us. They lock doors for us. Mr. Webster has one definition of a key. It's a thing that provides a means of gaining access or understanding. So I want to start with understanding, understanding where you might be at. You know, the holiday season is great and it's also tough. Uh, It's great. Like we just had a fantastic time. We had a house full of guests. Seems like all of our kids come home with somebody more than they did the year before. So we had a great family time and extended family time and friends and just a great, busy, fantastic season. But I'm I'm ready for the new year too. And uh, you are as well, I'm sure. We also have, you know, 40% of people spend the holiday season more alone than not. So their normal life, they're even more alone during the holidays, which is sometimes by choice, sometimes by circumstance. So as we talk about three keys to a great year, the first dynamic of this key is a means of understanding, understanding where you're at, understanding how you feel, understanding what your circumstances are. And we did a little bit of that review over the holidays. Uh, hopefully you had a chance to check out the two episodes I did uh, where basically you get a chance to do your year in review for your life and for your business. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to those, I'd encourage you to go back and check them out. What I would say is, I understand as the head of the largest business coaching company in the country, we've helped our clients have great success, but also we've seen our clients fight through very difficult circumstances. And, you know, post-pandemic and stay at home, there's just a lot of legacy to all of that stuff and how people are feeling and how people are doing. And so when you start the new year, you know, the goal is how how do you start? How do you have that, embrace that hope? And so the first thing I want you to understand is I'm going to share with you a lot of things that can really get you off to a great start and focus on having a good year and doing the best you can. And that 2023 can be just a year you look back on with great joy this time next year. But I also want you to know that there's a key to understanding. And I don't want to just be saying, we got to do this and we got to do this and we got to do this. And there's no context to where people are at or how they're feeling or the circumstances they're facing. The other dynamic, though, with a key is that it provides a mean of gaining access. And this is really what I want to do. On one hand, understanding, I hope that you're able to come to a sense of peace of where you're at, what your circumstances are, how you're feeling. And at the second understanding of that key is to unlock and gain access to those parts of yourself that you know fully well you've got more to do. You've got more to offer you got untapped potential. There's perhaps areas of lack of focus. And we want to talk about those things today. And I've got three points for you, as I always do. We're going to talk about the problem with resolutions. We're going to talk about getting five circle fit. And then we're going to talk about building your best year ever and how to have this great year. So what do we know about resolutions? Well, fewer people are setting resolutions than ever before. Just this year gone by for 2022, 29% of Americans said they made New Year's resolutions, down from 43% in 2021. Forbes said that nearly 80% of people who do make resolutions, so now we're only dealing with the 30% who did, 
admit to abandoning them by February every year. In fact, we can take that a little deeper. Foursquare study says there's what's called a fall off the wagon day. And they're able to project it. And companies build their models and economic models around it. And this is, there's an actual day when there's a weekly increase in visits to fast food joints and a drop in weekly visits to the gym. It happens at the same time. Get a little discouraged, missed going to the gym, and then start eating worse, right? Those two things tend to happen together. And it's the second Thursday in February every year. It's fall off the wagon day. Well, a small gain would be if we could get you maybe to March this year, wouldn't that be great? And the reason being is, you know, you eat, you know, more from Thanksgiving on, you eat badly or more rich foods or sweet stuff or savory stuff for six weeks. And then you go working out and trying to eat right for six weeks. And that's kind of the same thing. So it's the last Thursday in November and the second Thursday in February. There's no great science to that, even though I'm looking at all the graphs and charts and all those kinds of things. Now, the problem with resolutions is that it has at its core the word resolve. You know, the president, if you ever watched National Treasure, the president sits at the resolute desk. And so that's the, the president of the United States sits behind a desk that's supposed to be, I'm resolved. And I'm resolved is kind of like, this far you shall go and no further. So the very fact that we say we make New Year's resolutions, and there's a day when the vast majority of people who make them, so it's only 30% of people who do it, and of those, 80% drop off. So that means you're left with 6% of people who actually make a New Year's resolution or carrying on with it. And so, you know, we always talk about being in the top 10%. And look, if you're a podcast listener, there's a lot of things you could be doing today other than listening to this podcast. There's a reason for it. You might be looking for encouragement. You might be looking for a little insight. But the reason you're listening to this type of subject matter is you want more. You want better. You want the good life. The good life requires some resolve. It just does. We know that good intentions aren't enough. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. So what's the dynamic with the resolutions themselves? Is first of all, you have drift. And we know that a, a rocket on its way to the moon drifts off course by 1%. Just 1% off over the period of time that the rocket's in the air. Now it's on its way to the sun and not on its way to the moon. You don't want to end up there. You don't want to get burnt up and burnt out. Napoleon Hill said it this way, drifting through life without aim or purpose is the first cause of failure. My mentor Jim Rohn said, you can't drift your way to the top of the mountain. George Bernard Shaw said, to drift is to be in hell. To steer is to be in heaven. That's where we want to go. The good life. We want to feel like a little bit of heaven right here on earth. And the way to do that is to be resolved. Not make a resolution. Be resolved. And then with your resolve, you keep your eyes on the target and we're not going to drift. The second dynamic with resolution is that when we give up, discouragement follows, right? And there's a whole sequence to this. You have the honeymoon phase when you initially have a resolution. Then you get into the valley of despair. So you start off with hope, and then the hope is gone, and then you get the death of the resolution. And now it's peat and repeat. And what happens with the death of a resolution is the self-talk that happens, the incriminating self-talk, the incriminating lack of self-belief, and ultimately leads to lack of self-confidence which is, I'm not really who I say I am. I'm a flake. I always do this. It's just like me. Yeah, that's funny you say the second Thursday in February. That's kind of when I typically give up and so on and so forth. And so we just don't want to be in that game. We want to live the good life. We want to be having a great year. And the truth of the matter is, 
we're 100% in control. It doesn't matter what the economy is. It doesn't matter what inflation is. It doesn't matter what taxation is. It doesn't matter what the politicians do. It doesn't matter what happens, who declares war on who in another country. All the things that we tend to preoccupy our time with, none of that has anything to do with you having a great year. And so what happens is we don't make the resolve. We, we start off with making resolutions and then quit by drifting. And we get discouraged. And then what happens is as we get discouraged, the bad habits, they just stack up on top of one another. And we did a couple of episodes on this. Uh, 182 of It's a Good Life was uh, Breaking Bad. And that's an episode you want to check out. If you haven't seen it, you'll want to go to the It's a Good Life website. We have this beautiful new website where we've organized all the content by categories, whether it's money or personal growth or whatever else. And then you click on those and we have three to four episodes in each category for you. So you're not overwhelmed with the hundreds and hundreds of episodes we've done, but maybe you could find what you're looking for. And if you find yourself like you want to kind of immerse yourself, you have certain feelings or you feel like you're falling off the wagon, go to the website, see the episodes, and then focus on those three or four episodes. They'll be greatly helpful to you. In fact, I want to give a shout out to Cheryl Wolf. Now, Cheryl Wolf's been with me for 23 years. And uh, Cheryl just wrote me a note I read this morning. Now, again, Cheryl is in charge of the internal training at Buffini Company. She was the head of the coaching department for a very long time. And this morning she said to me, hey, went to the website. I was looking for some insight on money. And uh, I saw one that you had the one decision that made me a millionaire and then decisions that she's made. And she's just fired up about it and she's getting her family involved. And, you know, just like, so here's someone who you think would be inoculated to listening to me because she's 23 years listening to me. But because the content's organized right there on the website, easy to find, she clicked on the episodes where it's like, hey, here's how to invest or here's how to grow your money. And she went off to the races. So you can do that too. We want to get out of the bad habits. Norman Vincent Peale said, repetition of the same thought or physical action develops into a habit which repeated frequently enough becomes an automatic reflex. So the key is, if you want to have the good life and you want to have it on automatic, so that the good stuff happens automatically. Mark Twain says, a habit cannot be tossed out the window. It must be coaxed down the stairs one step at a time. The good has to eliminate the bad, okay? So instead of making resolutions, and even if you made resolutions, let's be resolved. Let's be in the top 6% that are not given up in the middle of February and the bad habits start come crashing down, we'll end up being in the same spot we are this time next year. And if you can just improve it, you know, connect, and even if you do, even if you make it three months longer, how good would that be? So let's talk about getting five circle fit. I've covered this in our events, our mastermind summits, our peak experiences, our masterclass. I got a masterclass in a couple of weeks. You want to come and join me in Monterey, uh, Monterey, California. What a great way to start the year off. And I'm always talking about this, getting five circle fit, right? The five circles, spiritual, your family and relationships, your business, your career, your financial life, and then personally, your emotional and physical life. And so how to get five circle fit? Fit is uh, to be of suitable quality, standard or type to meet a required purpose. I always believe fitness is measured by which the speed an individual can recover. You know, the fitter you are, the quicker you recover. You know, when you're physically fit, and you do a workout or you do an exercise, you recover pretty quickly. When you're physically unfit, you do any kind of exertion and you're quite a long time recovering from it. So what we want to do is be five circle fit. So here's a couple of tips as we go through the process here. 
We want to be intentional, first of all, with our time, energy, and money, right? Our time, our energy, and money. Those are our biggest resources. And the key is to be intentional. I'm going to say this. You cannot unintentionally be successful. Now, there's people who will say, oh, I was lucky. In the right place at the right time. And if you've ever listened to me do an interview, I always challenge people who talk about luck. I'm very excited in a couple of weeks, you're going to get to hear from a brilliant man, a multi-billionaire, David Rubenstein. And David Rubenstein is, is not just a, a brilliant investor who wrote a book called How to Invest. He's involved at the highest level of American society, whether it's the Kennedy Honors or whether he's, he holds a once-a-month meeting for hundreds of members of Congress on both sides of the aisle. A brilliant guy, great thinker. When I asked him some questions here, just in prepping for our upcoming interview, he was talking about, look, well, I've been lucky. Now, again, it's a, it's a humility thing on his part, but I won't do that. I won't let that go because when people say I'm lucky, then people who are not as successful go, well, I've just been unlucky. There's nothing I can do about that. Well, when I asked him several questions about how he built his success and what he did, he followed a formula. He followed a plan. And most of all, he was very, very intentional. Intentional about the relationships he had. Intentional about the work he did. And so here's the deal. You have to be intentional with your time. Like how you start your day is pivotal. How you start your day. I have a routine that I do to start my day. And by the way, when I don't start my day that way, bad habits start to creep in. You know, you've got to be intentional with your time. So direct is going to be my discipline for the year. That's really what I want to do. And when I direct my time, I'm going to direct my energies. I always have more demand than I have the ability to fulfill, just perennially. And the more I go in life, like, it's interesting. The older I get, the more demands that are placed on me. All the time. And I keep waiting. Oh, the people around me, the organizations I serve, the business I have here, you know, whatever. It'll all make sense. No, no. I have to direct it. And what I want to do is direct my time so I can focus my energies to do better, to do better for myself, to do better for other people. For example, you'll notice there's one episode coming out a week this year because I've made a commitment to have one rockin', sockin', awesome episode a week, then two that I'm working hard to keep up with. And so that's what I made a commitment. Yeah, There'll be interviews that we do that, uh, eh, you know what, that was a B-plus interview. It might not make the airwaves. There's going to be content I didn't. And you know what, that is not a home run for our audience. It's not going to make the light of day. My goal is to direct my time, direct my energy, direct my resources. Those things all have to be directed. The next thing, and again, not a natural thing for me, is celebrate the wins. When you take the small steps and have the small wins, you've got to celebrate them. If it's paying off a credit card, if it's paying down a credit card, if it's a little increase in production or activities, uh, you lost two pounds, you lost one inch, whatever it is, any kind of progress, You know, we know a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. So we want to celebrate the wins, celebrate any improvement, and we need to review our goals and adjust as necessary. You know, one thing I know is, you you know, you need to write your principles in stone. You need to write your goals in pencil, not to become wishy-washy, because sometimes you'll beat your goals. But you have to adjust to conditions and market and circumstances. And I'd say more so now than ever before. And make sure you're staying in tune with yourself. You know, just, uh, I just checked in to see what condition my condition was in, the old song. You need to make sure you do self-assessment. I have a little self-assessment for you. And I did this with an audience in San Diego this year at our Mastermind Summit. And it was a fitness test. 
a five circle fitness test. And so I have five questions for you. And here's the first one on a spiritual level. How would you respond to a soul crushing defeat on a scale of one to 10? How would you respond to a soul crushing defeat? Maybe you've had one. Maybe you're experiencing one now. You know, I was really struck. Uh, it was kind of odd having the World Cup in December. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of unusual reasons for that. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, Messi has been my favorite player. Grew up idolizing Pele, but Messi's my guy. And I've watched him play for 20 years, and it's just astounding. As a guy. I played soccer, but I, that's not the sport that fella plays. And one of the things that was interesting in watching all the interviews and all the conversations with him and his Argentinian teammates after the World Cup was they talked about suffering. They talked about suffering. And they talked about it over and over again. And this is going to be part of a kind of an encouragement for me throughout the year. And you're going to hear this over and over again. To suffer is, you know, the the word paseo, and it's the passion. What do you have passion for? And, you know, Messi's had his heart broken many, many times to the point that he actually quit the national team for Argentina a number of years ago because they'd been so close and been so close and got crushed and lost. And here were, was his teammates, and some of them were 21 years old. And they hadn't experienced all of what he'd experienced. But as a team, they were willing to suffer for the prize. And they had games. They were up against the Dutch, two to nothing. And they gave up two last-minute goals and had to go to extra time and one on penalties. They did the same thing with France, which was the greatest World Cup final I ever saw. And they were up two to nothing with the game at hand. And then, boom, it's tied. And then they go up three to two with four minutes to go. Boom, game is tied again. Had to go through penalties. And they all talked about it. Even in the midst of the joy and they're dancing and singing and holding the trophy, the first thing they all brought up was the suffering. So suffering for us can be small. For example, whatever's happened to me as an Irishman, I just don't like the cold anymore. Now, again, I'm living in California and the blood thins out and you go, well, it doesn't get cold in California. Well, it does in the mornings. And so I'm getting up to work out and I have to walk out of my house into the gym that we built out. I find myself avoiding it. And so, okay. So for me, that encouragement is, okay, a little bit of suffering, you know, the cold, and that's a small thing. Some have to suffer big things. But the suffering is where the passion is, and that's where the victory is. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you respond to a soul-crushing defeat in your family and relationships? To what degree are you able to recover from a rift in your relationships? It doesn't mean you repair them. It doesn't mean that you're able to help toxic people become untoxic. But on a scale of 1 to 10, to what degree are you able to recover? In your business, how quickly can you adjust to market conditions or a correction? 1 to 10. We're, we're having market conditions change right now in front of our eyes. Uh, financially, how capable are you to survive a financial correction? We have all kinds of challenges going on right now. People have higher credit card debt, lower savings, inflation is high, all of those things. On a scale of 1 to 10, how capable are you to survive a financial correction? Give yourself that number. Maybe it'll give you that confidence because you have all these fears. But when you actually say, well, I'm a 6, I'm going to survive. I will survive. Gloria Gaynor, right? I will survive. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be able to survive. So then that can take the fear away. Okay, I'm going to be okay. I think you're going to be okay. You'll survive. And then what is your emotional and physical resiliency? Things are going to go wrong in 2023. Things are going to happen that are negative. Your emotions are going to have tough times. It's tough circumstances are going to happen. Where are you going to be at? How are you going to be on a scale of 1 to 10? Hard things happen. It's called life. and so. The first thing we talked about is instead of just setting the resolutions, we want to be resolved. 
The second thing is we want to be five circle fit. And then lastly, you know, here's a couple of tips to build out your best year ever. Okay. Again, we talked about directing your resources, time, energy, money. And so the way to do that is first and foremost, block your calendar. Go into your calendar and say, no, this is the time that like I'm starting my morning routine. That time is blocked. This is my time for reading. This is my time for vacation. This is my time for activities to grow my business. This is time and it's blocked, blocked. You go in and you create blocks in your schedule and it's just no matter what, it ain't available. Prioritize your checkbook. Prioritize your expenses, okay? Prioritize them. If you had to make cuts during the course of the year, what cuts are you going to make? So prioritize them. Now, I will tell you this. As an organization, my company's going into this year with a growth plan. We plan to grow. We plan to hire. We plan to build. But if all heck breaks loose, we have a plan in place in case uh, things go sideways to make some cuts as well. And it's just sitting there. And I'm hoping not to use it. But you need to know it's there. And you need to do it as well. So prioritize your expenses and, and your checkbook. And then either get an accountability partner or check in with one. Now, obviously, we have coaches. And obviously, that's the premium, the ultimate. But in addition to coaches, like our clients, myself included, have accountability partners. You know, someone you might be going for your workouts with. Somebody that you find as a friend who's on the growth plan. You're you know, reading a book. And they're going to read the book and some days they feel like it and you don't. And sometimes you feel like it and they don't. Accountability partners are powerful there. So block your calendar, prioritize your expenses and checkbook and check in with your accountability partner. If you want to have a great year, one of the keys is don't go it alone. Next, you want to build momentum. Old man Mo. You want to implement those smaller action steps. But you just need a little bit of progress, no matter how small. How do you start the day off? What are you doing? Okay, I'm going to cut back on the soda and drink more water. Okay, there's something as small as that. I'm going to start my day with a walk instead of staying in. Okay, whatever it takes. Small, small progress means you get momentum. And then uh, you want to focus on the process, not the outcome. Remember, once you start, it doesn't mean everything changes. It doesn't mean the pain goes away. Oh, I started doing the right thing for my business. Now I have no financial worries. Okay, I started doing the right things with my loved ones. That means I have no more um, conflict. Uh, No, you just want to focus on the process. And that really is the key. And then you want to set those measurable, achievable, results-oriented, time-based goals, the SMART goals we talk about, right? They're specific, they're measurable, they're achievable, they're results-oriented and time-based. You got to have a set of goals. If you don't have a set of goals in writing, and young people, that doesn't mean it's on your phone, it means it's in writing. You physically wrote them out. You are practicing life malpractice. In life, there are winners and losers. I want you to be a winner. Every person I've ever met in my life was built by God to be a winner because God gives gifts. And so when those gifts are utilized and given back to the marketplace, good things happen. That's why the good life is available to all. But in this life, there are people who will leave this life and their loved ones and families and the marketplace will consider them to be a less than stellar life. There's winners and there's losers. Now, you're not done. You know, you're not a loser until they put you in the pine box. But I want you to know, I know this isn't easy to hear, and it's not politically correct, and it's cancelable to say there are losers in life, and there are. And I've met a lot of the children of losers. I've met a lot of the employees of losers. I've met a lot of the ex-spouses of losers. I've seen the damage done by losers and the corruption caused by losers. 
So we want to be winners and we want to have a great year. So we're going to do what winners do. And that is, we're going to have smart goals. We're going to focus on the process and we're going to implement small steps to get there. And lastly, we want good habits to support it all, right? We know Atomic Habits and Inside there. Great book. It's called The Power of Tiny Gains. Certainly a great book for the new year. If you want to transform anything in your life or business, you transform it 1% at a time, right? James Clear, this fantastic book. And it shows that 1% every day over the course of a year will produce a 38% improvement. So imagine, imagine at the end of this year we're talking about right now, your finances are 38% better. Imagine your health was 38% better. Imagine your relationships were 38% better. Imagine your spiritual life and your soul was 38% better, okay? Hard thing to measure, obviously. Imagine emotionally, physically, personally, all areas of your life, the five circles, are all increased by 38%. By the way, those five multiplied by 38%, that's pretty significant, okay? That's almost a 190% altogether improvement. That's right. You can double your happiness. You can double your joy. You can double your income. You can double your net worth. You can double your life with 1% a day. 1% a day. And that's what we want. Harvey McKay says, good habits can be as addictive as bad habits. They're just a lot more rewarding. So that's my hope and prayer for each and every one of you. I want you to have a great year. I want you to put the key in the lock. The first key is for understanding of yourself and where you're at. And the second key is to gain access to yourself and tap in. We're not just going to make resolutions. We're going to be resolved. We're going to work on the five circles because we want to be spiritually. Our relationships, our career and business, our finances, and personally, we want to, be, we want to have the good life. And we want to do it 1% at a time to build our best year ever. Thanks for starting your year with me. I really enjoy starting my year with you. It's a privilege to serve you on behalf of the dozen people here at Buffini and Company who are dedicated to the working on the podcast. Make sure you check out the website, itsagoodlife.com. It's a good website. Uh, go see that there. It's all done for you. And there's going to be lots of cool things throughout the year we're going to put there for you. And let's make sure it's a great year. And I hope this is your best year ever. To send you off with a little Irish blessing is someone who's praying for you as well to have a great year. Over to you, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. (laughs) 